Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. We are so glad you joined us today. This podcast features messages, interviews, and discussions from Radiant Church located in Seneca, South Carolina. For more information about Radiant, visit RadiantChurchSC.com. Here's today's episode. Welcome to Radiant Church. My name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor, and we're so glad you could join us today from wherever you're watching or listening from. If this is your first time joining us, hey, go to RadiantChurchSC.com and click I'm new. If you fill out that short form online for us as a way of saying thank you, we're going to donate $5 to one of the nonprofits that's listed. Well, we're continuing to work through Romans today. We started last week with a look at chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. Paul wants his readers to know God's story for us, that Jesus at the center of the gospel, but we're the focus now, right? And we're included in that story as well. And God has a calling for us too. Don't just play it safe, live the call to life, live a fulfilled life. And know that God has gifts for us, salvation, grace, peace, the Holy Spirit. Now, just as a reminder, you can catch up on any missed teachings or listen to them again through the podcast or online right here at our website or YouTube. I know the summer gets a little crazy. You head out on trips to the beach, the mountains, that kind of thing. You want to make sure you're staying up to date in this series or if you're new you can easily catch up watching or listening to the previous teachings now we're moving into chapter 1 verse 8 today and we get a good inside look at the pastor's heart that Paul has for the churches in Rome Romans is really known for its challenging teachings but Paul takes time at the start of the letter to recognize and celebrate these Roman Christians and if you read Paul's letters you'll notice he is really great at affirming churches and encouraging Christians to continue in their ministry. Why? Well, because Paul is passionate about seeing people saved by the power of the gospel, and he knows that change happens when believers make Jesus famous. Look at Romans chapter 1, verses 8 through 9. He says, Let me say first that I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith in Him is being talked about all over the world. God knows how often I pray for you. Day and night I bring you and your needs in prayer to God, whom I serve with all my heart by spreading the good news about his son. What Paul is celebrating with these first century Christians in Rome is what I think he would want to strongly encourage us to practice today. And that starts with first making Jesus famous. Notice he thanks God for their faith, which he's hearing about all over the Roman world. Paul hasn't been to Rome yet, but he's writing this letter from Greece, and he's been all over Judea and Syria and what is today part of Turkey, known then as Asia Minor. He's been to islands in the Mediterranean like Cyprus, and he's hearing not about the strong faith of the Corinthians or the Ephesians, but of the Romans. There's something about making Jesus famous, isn't there? Like over and over in the Gospels, we read the news or or fame, depending on your translation, of Jesus spread. Now, how did it spread? Well, people told others about Jesus' miracles and teachings. They didn't hide that. They shared it in the same way these Roman Christians are sharing Christ with all who come into contact with them. What makes the Roman church so different though it's a strong evangelistic focused church was started without the assistance of any apostle most of the churches which began had direct or indirect apostolic involvement but Rome didn't so how did that happen well ultimately it was the Holy Spirit who formed the church but in Acts chapter 2 we read about the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was given to the believers in Jerusalem people from all across the Roman Empire were present on that day and certainly they came to know Christ 
Christ. Acts 2 says 3,000 came to know Jesus that day. It's highly likely new believers left Jerusalem and returned home to Rome. Rome was the center of the Western world with a population close to 3 million. So think about like our major cities today, places like New York or Los Angeles and how diverse they are. Major urban metropolitan uh, areas had countless cultures and people groups and they serve as economic hubs too. So as people came to know Christ while in Rome, they would take those famous Roman roads back to their homes, Athens, Damascus, Crete, and the faith of the Roman Christians spread across the empire and Paul hears about it. He thanks God for the opportunities that they're clearly seizing to share their faith. So at Radiant, you know, we, we want to do the same thing, don't we? We want to spread the news of Jesus. It's why we encourage you to take advantage of the opportunities God brings your way at work, in school, your neighborhood, around town, and have that desire and drive to make Jesus famous, even more famous than you used to be. <laughs> I think sometimes, you know, like we get caught up in the details of our story and our past. And I think, we, you know, it, it, I, I get it because it's powerful, right? It's powerful to tell folks who we were before we met Jesus and who we are now with him. But have that drive to make your story more about who Christ has become in you today than who you used to be. Making Christ famous is why we encourage you to, to bring people to service with you, to participate in missions, either by going on a trip like the one we're having this fall or supporting missions efforts and missionaries. It's why we want you to be a part of a group. We want you to keep spreading the news of Jesus. And as long as there are people who are far from God, we have work to do. We have people to reach. We, we have to keep spreading the news of Jesus and make him famous. Now Paul's going to continue right here with verse number 10. One of the things I always pray for is the opportunity, God willing, to come at last to see you. For I long to visit you so I can bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow in the Lord. And when we get together, I want to encourage you and your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. Now you get a little sense of Paul's impatience right here in verses 10 and 11. He really wants to visit Rome. Now what he doesn't know is that this trip to Jerusalem, which will happen shortly after the letter is written, it's going to result in his arrest and transport to Rome as well. So probably not the way he'd want to get there, but he's going to make it. What I want to draw your attention though is this mutual exchange he talks about in verse number 12. Paul knows he can strengthen these believers and he has gifts he can, he can use to help them grow and challenge them. But he also knows that they'll encourage him. Paul celebrates the Romans community. And I I think he would say to us today, make each other better. Can I just tell you, there's an exchange which happens when we come together as believers. You're encouraged, I'm encouraged. You bring your gifts, I bring mine. Your faith grows, mine does as well. Like we need each other. And I just want you to know that, that you Radiant Church, man, you're a gift to my family and I more than you realize. Like how you love our family, how you encourage us, how you strengthen us, you're a gift and I just hope that we're able to provide the same for you because that's our desire too. We were never meant to be alone as followers of Jesus. I I've heard it and I'm sure you've heard it before too. You know, people say, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. 
Well, no, you don't. But I will tell you that you won't make it. You'll crash and burn. Like, I've never met a healthy, impactful, growing believer carrying out the mission that Christ left us who did life alone. I never. In fact, Paul would vehemently disagree with this point of view today because when you come together with other Christians, you're both getting something out of that exchange and that time of connection. This is why we want people joining us on Sundays in our service. It's why we encourage you to be in groups. There's no such thing as a lone ranger Christian. We cannot grow into strong, impactful, mature believers if we're isolated from the body of Christ. And Paul addresses this in numerous places, but one of the more famous is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where he uses the illustration of the body of Christ. We have different parts which make up our bodies, and they're all equally important because they serve unique roles. And we need each other because we benefit from each other. When you win, we win. When you grieve, we grieve. When you suffer, we suffer. When you grow, we grow. Christianity is a spiritual journey comprised of we and not me. We've developed a bad habit, I think, of talking about our personal faith as if it's the only thing which matters. And, and to be sure, like you're going to be held accountable before God you know, one day. Like Christianity can't do that for you. You have to do it. But Christianity has never been about me. It's always included that equally important we component to the journey. You ever, you ever heard the phrase that life is meant to be done in circles and not rows? There's a, a benefit to both, by the way. Uh, Acts chapter 20 has Paul teaching in the synagogues, that's the rows, and then going house to house, circles, to continue his ministry. And you need both in your life. You need that instruction and teaching, which happens in rows. We do that a lot on Sundays, and there's a time for that. But life happens in circles. It happens in relationships. In fact, Paul's going to wrap up the passage really this way right here in verse 13. He says, I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, that I've planned many times to visit you, but I was prevented until now. And I want to work among you and see spiritual fruit just as I've seen among other Gentiles, for I have a great sense of obligation to people in both the civilized world and the rest of the world, to the educated and the uneducated alike. And so I'm eager to come to you in Rome too to preach the good news. Now, Paul started this section of the letter celebrating the Roman Christian's faith, which is now known throughout the world. And now he's going to end the section by coming back to the idea of reaching people for Jesus. And he would encourage us today to do exactly what the Roman Christians were doing, which is make the gospel known to all people. He says he's under obligation to people both in the civilized world and the rest of the world, to the educated and the uneducated alike. Some translations read to the Greeks and barbarians, to the wise and the foolish. And that sounds kind of harsh. So why does Paul make a distinction like that? Well, for starters, he's writing to the Romans, and Romans, they saw only two kinds of people, Romans and barbarians, okay? Now, before you start judging these guys, just know we do the same thing today. We all got our list, Democrats, Republicans, Southerners, Northerners, Tigers, and Gamecocks, right? Like, we sort people through, don't we? Even in the Gospels, you see it. The Jews saw the world as, hey, we're Jewish, and there's everybody else. Now, why does this matter? 
Well, it matters because Jesus said the gospel would start in Jerusalem and then it would spread throughout the rest of the world. And so Paul's saying, hey, I'm ministering to you guys in Rome, but I'm also at work right here in the rest of the world, reaching them too. In Acts 20, verse 24, he says his calling is to share the gospel with everyone he meets so they may hear about Jesus. Whether you're considered an insider or an outsider by the culture, whether you're educated or not, whether you're a barbarian or a Roman, Paul wants to bring the message and hope of Christ to you. It's a gospel that's for all people. Paul's preaching and pastoring the Roman church, it starts with him thanking the Romans for their faith because he hears about it everywhere that he goes. What if that was part of our story today? that we hear from others about our faith and how it's impacted people. I, I don't love funerals, all right? I always find it interesting, though, to see who shows up when someone passes away and, like, what's said about that person who's no longer here. I, I love hearing stories, especially those that nobody really knew uh, that were happening, that are just funny or, or, or powerful. And I just wonder, like, what would people say about your faith? Would they remark how strong you were? Would they tell stories of how you impacted their lives in ways that nobody else maybe knows about? Would they talk about how your love for Christ touched so many other people's lives? See, our burden to reach people who are far from God should mirror Paul's. We should love our church community and spend time together, but our commitment is to win people to Jesus. There are those who are far from God in Seneca and Clemson and Wahaba and Central. They haven't said yes yet, and we need to reach them. Man, can I ask you, when was the last time you shared Christ with somebody? Can you even recall having shared your faith with someone in just the last 30 days? Like, what about leading someone to know Jesus for the first time or leading them back to the heart of the Father if they've wandered off? See, I gotta be honest with you, Radiant. If, if we're not sharing our faith or leading people to Jesus, what are we doing? Like, church doesn't have to be full of different social clubs and activities. It doesn't need 50 ministries and programs to look busy as if, like, we're doing something. It's not that those things are, are bad, because they aren't. But they can pull you off mission. And the mission is to bring people to Jesus, to share our faith. And so more and more, that's going to depend on you, not on a church service. It doesn't mean that we don't encourage you to bring folks to church, because you need to. Or that we structure everything to minister only to Christians, because we're not going to do that. But I think more than ever, the kingdom of God is going to have to grow from personal opportunities in your mission field. And say, what's my mission field? It's your job. It's the classroom. It's the ball field, the restaurant, your neighbors. Reach people for Christ. Interact with them, you know? And, and you're going to reach folks that I'll never reach. And others here will never reach. You know why? Because you are uniquely placed by God where you're at and in contact with the people you're in contact with to minister to them and reach them for him. It's not me. It's not somebody sitting next to you. It, it's you. And so Paul ends this section stating that he's under obligation to reach people. Now we're going to unpack this more next week, but it's not an obligation that solely belongs to him. It belongs to us as well. Radiant Church isn't a church for us. Can I tell you that? We are the church. 
We get together to encourage each other, to do life together, to form relationships, because again, there's no Lone Ranger Christians. But this place is not for us. You know why we keep our house looking nice out front? Why we clean up when folks are coming over and take care of stuff? It's because we have guests coming, right? We, we, we want to make sure we're prepared, that we're welcoming, that we're hospitable and inviting because we actually care about the people who are coming over. Can I tell you, that's the mindset that we should have for our church as well. Like right now, we're working hard to improve facilities in the grounds as much as we can, as fast as we can with what we have, because we want to be an inviting place for those who are not here yet. We want to be prepared, so we encourage you to serve and live out the purpose that God has for you in different ministry teams. We call them dream teams here at Radiant Church because serving the Lord is like the ultimate dream, right? And so we get to do this. You don't have to, we get to. And each time you get to serve in Radiant Kids, you're helping parents learn about the Lord, perhaps for the first time. And you're pouring into the next generation. Each time you get to serve in worship or media, you're leading others in God's presence. It's not about the notes or the soundboard. It's about creating an atmosphere to encounter God. When you get to serve as a group leader, you're teaching and learning and growing in circles instead of rows where others can build relationships and find connection in the body of Christ. You're not just serving coffee in the cafe or opening a door as a greeter. You're a friendly face who makes or breaks it for people when they first get here. Are they going to feel welcomed or not? Will they feel safe? Will they feel wanted by anybody? Like, we don't exist for ourselves, Radiant Church. We don't, we don't come to church. We are the church. And everyone is welcome here. They're welcome to be offended by Christ, to have their lives wrecked by Him, and to be used by Him to bring hope to others. Now, you know what this looks like over time, right? And this matters because we tend to like the idea of reaching people for Jesus. And we like hearing stories of people coming to know the Lord for the first time or coming back to the Lord after having wandered off many years ago until it all starts to happen. And when it starts to happen over time, the church changes. People, people don't look like us. They don't have relationships the way we do. They don't vote the way we do. The service starts to look and feel different. It gets louder. The songs aren't the same. The preaching might feel different. The way you used to do things with people you're familiar with slowly adapts and changes because more and more people are coming to know and experience and encounter Christ. And it's not an overnight change. It happens over time. But if your heart is to reach people and grow God's kingdom, you have to be at a place where you're okay with that. And my hope for Radiant Church is we become a community whose people are known more for what we are for than what we're against. Christians are known for all kinds of things that we're against, but what's far more powerful is what we are for. And we're for hope, healing, transformation, freedom, forgiveness, salvation. May we be a church known for welcoming anyone and everyone to experience Christ. May we be known for the things that Christ is doing and for encouraging others, for being a people of hope, healing, and freedom. 
Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., he gave his famous I Have a Dream speech, which just captivated the nation during the Civil Rights Movement. He talked about living in a nation where skin color was not the deciding factor in our relationships and judgment, where you would be recognized by your character. And it sounds so good and almost utopian today, but it wasn't an original argument from Dr. King. It's a reality rooted in the teachings of Jesus that's found within the body of Christ. And so earlier when he wrote his letter to the churches in Galatia, Paul wrote how in Christ there's no Jew or Gentile, no men or women, no rich or poor. We are all united as one in Christ Jesus. The body of Christ is the most diverse group of people on planet Earth. And it makes sense, doesn't it? Like if we're sharing our faith and making Jesus famous to the level the Roman Christians were, many people are going to be captivated by Christ. You know why? Because his message resonates with all of us. So may we be a church like that here at Radiant. May we be a church whose people are known for their faith in God, who are actively sharing and living out their faith as Roman Christians did. And may we never stop making Jesus famous. You're watching, listening right now, you say, Pastor, like, I'm, I'm hearing all that, and uh, I, I don't even belong to a church. Like, I'm not even plugged in somewhere. Uh, I'm not even sure where to start. Well, let me help you out real quick. First, let's make sure you're a follower of Jesus. You can't make him famous unless you're a follower of Christ. And so I'm going to lead you in a prayer that you can model from wherever you happen to be um, in just a moment. You can say that prayer after me in your own words, and I'm going to pray it with you here, okay? But the next thing I would do is I would look for a church to be a part of. Now, if you're local to the Clemson area here, Seneca area in South Carolina, we'd love to invite you to be a part of Radiant Church. But if you're not local, reach out to us. We'll help you find one in your area that you can plug into and be a part of because you can't do life alone. you got to be in community and connection with each other. So, so if you're watching and listening and say, Pastor, I need to take that first step and get to know Jesus first. Well, let's do that real quick, okay? We're going to say a prayer, and it's going to go like this. You're going to repeat it after me, or, or just use your own words if you want to, but it's going to go like this. Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. Lord, I, I know I've done things that have violated your standards, have gone against you, and I'm here today to say, God, I, I, I am sorry for what I've done to grieve you. I'm sorry for my sin. I'm sorry for my wrongs. I can't save myself. And so I, I'm acknowledging that today. And I'm saying, Jesus, I need you to save me. I need you to save my life, to forgive me for my sin and my wrong, to, 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 to be my savior today. And now that I've made you savior, I, I'm going to commit to following you. And so I've done things my way. I've lived my way before. It's not worked out. And I'm going to commit myself to obeying and following you from this day forward. So I'm now asking you not just to be my Savior, but be my Lord as well. Be the Lord of my life. And I will follow you and serve you and obey you and, 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 and do all that I can to ensure that you are the first priority in my life. I'm giving myself over to you here today. I'm surrendering over to you. Save me from my sins. Lean me. Guide me. Be my Lord here today. Amen.
And God, for the rest of us out there who are believers, I pray that we do not have this mentality that says, I can do life alone. We're not supposed to be Lone Ranger Christians. May we be in community with each other. May we make you famous. May we take the opportunities and the open doors you, you throw our way to share our faith with those, Lord, who don't know you. To share our faith and lead folks, God, who are far from you into your kingdom. May we not have sacred cows we kind of hold on to, uh, Lord, that could prevent people who are far from you connecting with you. I pray that we open up our arms and our doors uh, wide for those who are far from you, Lord, and, and lead them into a relationship where they can encounter you, where they find hope and healing and freedom and ultimately hear salvation in your name. Give us the burden that Paul had to reach folks far from you that the Romans had to make your name famous. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to us, you can do so by emailing us at media at radiantchurchsc.com or visit one of our social accounts on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes and give us a five-star rating on the podcast platform that you listen to. We hope you have an amazing rest of your day.